Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach and you're listening to Green Juice and Tequila Season 2. Green Juice and Tequila represents the earthy, organic, natural vibes colliding with raw, imperfect, and unfiltered stories. Some of us can have it all together, y'all. Eating the latest health nut craze, drink our green juice, meditate every morning. But we also have a side that's vulnerable, real, and sometimes stressed. Life throws you curveballs, y'all, and that's okay. You can be both green juice and tequila. Well, hello, y'all. Welcome to season two of Green Juice and Tequila. This is Mel Offlerbach, your host. And I have a pretty amazing and beautiful guest on today's podcast episode, Miss Ashley King, coming from California. Like we've, um, goodness, we've been sitting here chatting on FaceTime the la- like for the last 30 minutes, just about this upcoming podcast episode, but I am like even more excited now to have her on, to be able to share her story. Um, she's one of the most inspiring women I have found. I've been following her for a while on Instagram, but I am just so grateful to have you on this season. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to actually really talk to you. No. We follow each other and all these women and we actually don't interact with them on the phone, but it's nice to actually meet you. I know. I love, I think it's always so fun when I have people on that I've been like felt so inspired by just through social media or whatever. Then we end up coming on. I'm like, I knew I was going to like this girl. She's going to be like my new best friend. Like, I love it. it. Yes. (laughs) Well, so y'all, Ashley King, um, she actually was in Austin for a while, just moved out to San Diego, California. Um, But y'all, she is a fitness coach. She is a trainer. She's a fitness model, a mom of three boys, and she has been featured in Austin Fit Magazine, Fox News, Studio 512, amongst many other features. So I am just pumped and excited to hear your story and just kind of let's take it away from there like let us know like what you're all about and what you're working on and just kind of get right into it I know right (laughs) (laughs) so um why don't you give us like just a little bit of a bio of like kind of where what brought you to the fitness world and what you're currently working on and we'll just kind of take it from there well shoot To be honest, the reason why I started back in fitness was I was a stay-at-home mom for about five years, and needless to say, I really needed to get back into a career because my mind was just turning into jello, and I needed an excuse to, you know, get away from my three little boys. So um, as soon as my 18-month-old was, you know, old enough, I um, decided to get back into something. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Fitness has always been a huge part of my life, Um, but um, I decided to take on online training and a mom bracing Instagram for the first time. But um, as we, me and you both talked about, um, we kind of had a lot of mom network already filled up for us. We knew all the moms in the area. And so um, the second I introduced my product in my online training, it did really, really well because I already had all these moms that I knew and it was super fun. And I felt like 
I finally got to have a purpose again for myself because when we have kids, it's just like them, 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 and we're happy. We're very fulfilled, but I needed something to fulfill me personally, just by myself. That was my own. And I'm so thankful that almost four years, five years later, I am sitting here still doing it. And I feel like I've had so much success for myself and it's, it's even more fulfilling because I feel like my purpose and that my whole um, job is to motivate and help women. And I couldn't be more happy doing what I do. And I just keep growing from there. And it's crazy to think that this was just an idea like five years ago and I was a stay at home mom and I have three little boys and I'm, I'm just continuing to do it and grow it. And women are so amazing and supportive. They are. It is crazy. Like how much support I get and I'm so thankful. I completely can relate on so many levels with that because it's like once you like have networked yourself or you found like your tribe, like and especially like the people out in Austin, I just feel oh, like they're yeah. I mean, they're so gung ho about supporting local and supporting women. And when women support women, it is such a powerful thing. And like when you know you've got your tribe behind you, it just encourages you and motivates you to do whatever your dream is to like put yourself out there with no worries, knowing that like, you know what, these 10 girls have my back and they're supporting me through this. I can do this. So it is crazy. Um, how supportive Austin is to entrepreneurs and women and the women out there. But to be honest, we, we see a lot of like hate and stuff online and Instagram, but I mean, quite honestly, I mean, knock on wood, I've been doing this for five years. I've gotten very little of that. I've had so much positive support, but I do think that is because a lot of my personality and the product I put out is truly coming from within and I'm really trying to help and motivate and I exude that. So just like they say, if you exude positivity and um, trying to uplift others, it kind of just comes right back to you. Oh, for sure. Well, and I feel like if you're being like authentic and real, like when you're being truly real, that is going to magnetize realness back to you. And people will see that and notice that. And they, and they just want to be around that. Like positivity, like you said, it's contagious. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many people I think that hide behind their phones or their computer screens that are really unhappy and they're not happy with themselves. They're unhappy with their jobs, their careers, their bodies, whatever it is. And they look for inspiration or they, they see that photo of you or they see whatever, you know, or read that post that you, that you wrote yourself about how to motivate and make yourself feel better. And they're like, I want that. I want to be part of whatever she's doing. So, yeah, I think that was the main thing that I noticed when I started training. You think that a woman comes to you because she wants to feel better in her skin and lose the weight and tone up 99% of all of my clients walk away saying she made me feel so much better about myself and obviously that was the huge point of all of it for me and to think that I made them feel better about themselves or what was going on in their life it just exudes and keeps going and therefore they bring someone else new and that's just kind of how my business kind of snowballed um, in person training and off in um, the online world um if you truly have the right intentions, like you said, and you're putting it out there, it's just going to come right back to you. What was like that first, when you first launched your business, were you doing like group classes one-on-one? Like when you became that, uh, a fitness trainer, like what was kind of like the first steps in that direction that you did? 
Well, I started online and um, I had a friend that kind of helped me get the technical part of it set up, but I just started right online, which is kind of unusual. People usually start in person. And at the time that I started my online is when online training kind of started in Instagram and stuff and Facebook. And um, I it just took off and it did really well. So I put out a bunch more programs, but then I had a lot of people asking for in-person training. And then I got really swamped with that. So I kind of just kept doing that. And I really, truly love being in person with my clients. And I think that's why I kind of stuck with that for so long. And I'm, I'm back into the online realm, but, um, I definitely want to get back in person and help women hands on and hear their stories and help them. Cause I'm telling you, when they start training, it is not about the physical. It is about literally something going on in their life. They could be depressed about something or a family member or their marriage. They have a terrible body image, body dysmorphia. And when they come to me, it's like we work through that as we work through their physical. And they just feel so much better about themselves. I, so I like, I, I'm just thinking when you're saying that, I'm like, God, that's totally like the journey I've been on so many times through my fitness journeys of working out or just like having that one-on-one time with trainers or yoga teachers or whatever health coaches or life coaches. It's like you start to peel these layers away as you start to work with them. And so that is like seriously such a great foundation to have for your business. Like, so what was like your fitness experience going into this? Like what, like when you first started working out, like, like what was that whole story? Okay. So that's, that's the big, big subject to go over. Okay. So (laughs) I'm almost 14 years sober actually this month. That's amazing. Congratulations. Pretty crazy. Um, So the way I got started into fitness was I was always super fit, like kind of in school. I was a dancer and stuff and cheerleader, Mm -hmm. but, um, I kind of lost myself and I fell off track and, um, that's when sobriety came in. Um, 22 years old, I stopped drinking. It's pretty nuts. Um, I, I only drank for a couple of years and I just uh, spiraled so fast. <laughs> I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. So fitness came in and honestly, I had a, such a bad vice and it was alcohol was my drug of choice. And um, I needed something to take up my time that was on a positive, more of a good vice. And that's where fitness came in. And I, I don't know about you, but when I work out, I just feel better. Serotonin release happy, confident. And that's what I, I needed something to make me feel like that happy drug to fill up that bad vice. And to be completely honest, a lot of people that um, get involved with substance abuse, were just bored. We're just doing something to fill our time. So you need something to fill your time as well. And why not pick something that's super healthy and it's going to better my life mentally, physically. Oh, exactly. So that's did, how fitness came about. So when did you like hit the gyms first? Like were like was there one thing that you were like doing or, or taking at the beginning of all of this? Like I mean, everyone's introduction to fitness is all so different. So I'm just curious yeah. to hear what the so, first thing you did. Like I said, I've been dancing and stuff when I was younger, but um, for some reason, I, I really took to weight training, and that's not usually the normal path for most women. And I always grab the heavier weight because. I, I like the feeling of feeling stronger. And I think it had to do with when I was younger, 
I had a complex about being very skinny and thin and I was kind of made fun of for that. So I felt like I always wanted to be strong physically and mentally. So I started weightlifting right off the bat. And um, if you've weightlifted, you'd notice that you kind of get your results pretty fast. So I, um, I loved it and I just ran with it and I still am just such a meathead with the weights. <laughs> but, and I preach it to my women because it's very healthy for their bodies and, um, I feel like um, the older you get, the more you really need weightlifting. So I'm definitely, I, I, I started with the weightlifting and just completely stuck right there. I do try and push myself to try new things. Of course. Yeah, I, but. Well, I love that. I was going to say, I was like, I know, I've experienced weightlifting myself and I know the importance of it. I need to get back on the bandwagon with that stuff too, but. Um, so yeah, I'm so curious to hear a little bit more about your story, um, with alcoholism. I know that, you know, that topic does come up for quite a few people in the fitness community. It tends to be the, not necessarily the rebound, but like the saving grace to, you know, getting yourself out of some sort of type of addiction, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or food addiction or whatever that might be. So I would love to just kind of hear a little bit more about what um, what your relationship was like with alcohol when it first started and kind of like the signs that you knew this is a problem I need to stop. Um, personally, um, I had several people on both sides of my family that really struggled with alcohol. But when you see it at that young of an age, you don't honestly realize that they have problems, as crazy as that sounds. There's so many different levels of um alcoholism there's alcoholism that's very secretive there's the fall down drunk um that was me (laughs) (laughs) that was very apparent I was very drunk but um so I saw a lot of family members um that had the problem but then you also see people that can have a couple drinks and stop and to me that was like an insane concept like I I could never fathom having a couple drinks and stopping so right there was kind of telling me signs I, I I can't even control it even within the first year of me trying it. I did not drink in high school. I was a very scholarly student and was completely on track. It was after high school when I had more time on my hands and I it just spiraled very quickly for me. And, you know, everyone around me didn't want to be around me. But it was really hard to honestly realize that I had a problem because I was 22 and that is what kids did. Yeah. They got completely wasted. They didn't you know, they were not responsible. They went and partied all the time. And that was socially acceptable because they're young, their twenties in their twenties are in college. But I realized that no, none of my friends wanted to be around me. I started to realize I didn't like the person I was as cheesy as that sounds. I really didn't like the person I was. I didn't like how I was treating myself. I didn't like how I was treating my family and friends and those who were closest to me. And when it got down to about my best friend and my parents just didn't want to be around me, I it was a it was a big wake up call. I didn't get into too much trouble. I had enough sense to honestly um, not drink and drive and hurt others. Um, I definitely hurt others emotionally, but physically I knew better not to get in like a car and drive and hurt someone else. But I, I definitely um, burnt a lot of bridges emotionally and um, through a bunch of friendships. And um, I feel like I was lucky enough to realize I had a problem and have that low point for myself pretty early on. I mean, I really only drank for two years. Yeah. Um, but it got that bad. Like, it really, people that know me now, they're just like, I can't, is it really that big of a deal? Can't you have a couple drinks? Uh, right. Can't you, 
you know, how did you stop drinking at 22? Why would you do that? Did you really have a problem? <laughs> how do you answer those questions when people say that stuff? Because it's been so long, you know, it just... That's the thing too. It's hard to even put myself back there. Cause I feel like you're a different person. Like I, that's what the problem was. I wasn't being the person I was. That was the biggest wake up call. It wasn't just being sad or losing friends. It was like, I'm not myself anymore. I am a very happy, positive, pick myself up kind of person. I like to uplift each other. We all go through stuff. We're not all our best, but I felt like generally that was the core of my personality and I was not exuding that. I was the exact opposite. I was very negative, very depressed, to be honest. Um, I wanted to be happy again. It was literally my driving force. I was like, I want to be who I was. I was happy. What was the X factor? I was happier when I didn't have the alcohol. That's the, the thing I need to get rid of. And it was just a cut and dry thing. That's done. That was my next question. Like, you know, what, what, like, what steps did you take to get yourself out of drinking and, and overindulging in that? So I, it wasn't something that I decided and then it was just done. To be honest, it takes a couple of months, a couple of tries. And then finally, and everyone around you, the worst part is no one's going to support you because they're like, yeah, whatever. Ashley's going to stop drinking. Ashley's going to get her life together. You know, your parents. So it's not like I did zero support because I've let those people down so many times. And I was at an age where my parents were going to be like, okay, you're 22. Let's put you in a rehab. They're like, no, you're just being an idiot. (laughs) They didn't take it it very seriously. They're just like, make better decisions. Um, I think I was the one who knew it was that bad. I don't think anyone in my family knew it was that bad. Um, it's a very, it's a hard thing to talk about to people and, and to honestly admit to yourself how bad it is. But when it got to that point, I, I just, you know, I made a decision for myself just to stop and it took a little bit of time. I didn't really go to AA. I think it's a wonderful program for other people. Um, and it's not that I didn't like it. I felt like for me, I need to, I needed to get back to myself. So I, I, um, pretty much took myself out of the social group I was in because the problem is when you become an alcoholic, become the people who you love the most don't want to be around you. So you start hanging out with people that are accepting that behavior and they're a hot mess and they're doing the same things as you. So I had to pull myself out of that social relationship, all those bad influences, unfortunately, and start from scratch. And it's so awkward. It's so awkward. I can imagine. (laughs) You just like don't know yourself anymore. You don't know how to hang out. You don't want to put your hands. You can't drink. I'm 22 years old. I wanted to go out and have fun. I made a promise to myself. I was like, I'm still going to go out and party and have fun. I'm going to be so super sober. And I did it and I slowly went back and mended all those relationships. And, um, you know, I don't even remember that person anymore. Yeah. Well, it's been so long. We said 13 years. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) Do you, do you remember that first drink you had and like the reason why you or that first episode, that first time that you overindulged, couldn't stop drinking? Like, was there a a driving force behind that? Like a reason why you did that or just, you were just doing, cause you're like, this is fun. I'm letting go and letting loose or like, what do you know what you were maybe suppressing or putting forward into that? 
you know, I always, I've thought about that over the years because people are like, oh, I had this issue or some people were like sexually abused or there's like this underlying, like really terrible thing that happened to them. Honestly, no, I just, it sounds crazy, but I, it's in my genes and it's like in every, like both sides of my family. And, um, the more you get to know me, the more you understand, like, I am just an all or nothing person. <laughs> I still struggle with addiction. I'm like having to stop myself from eating all of the chocolate in the house with the whole jar <laughs> yeah. of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just something that I just, I self-realize and the older we get, the more we, re- we realize more about ourselves. Of course. And I'm so thankful. I learned at such a young age yes. that I was just, I was going to die. I was going to go there. So let's get back to being happy. And gosh, like every year I reflect more and more of how much I've accomplished. What's making me happy. I have three kids. I have a career that makes me happy. Um, self-reflection definitely keeps me sober. I love that. Well, and I think too, is like when it comes to any type of addictive personalities, like once we realize that's part of who we are, we're like, that keeps us in check. We we've, you know, I, my grandfather was an alcoholic and actually died because he over drank and he died in his hotel room and we had no idea. I was like two when this happened, but my family was ready to do an intervention on him. Like he was a functioning alcoholic and they weren't able to do it obviously because he had passed away on a trip or whatnot. But I always have that kind of fear in the back of my, my head. I'm like, I can feel it sometimes. Like, you know, I'm like, I know it's a genetic thing. Like I do truly believe in, in that whole statement that you said too. Um, like I've, I've over the years, I've gone through dry times where I didn't drink for like six years And then you, I know, I was like, I just never wanted to drink. My husband was like, you're no fun. Like, have a drink with me. I'm like, nah, I want to feel good tomorrow morning. And I want to wake up and work out and do all this stuff. And, um, but then I've teeter tottered, you know, back and forth where I'm like, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to have this glass of wine. I'm going to have this and da, 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 da. But I do find myself, I'm like, oh, I keep it in check because I would, I always get like really, really worried. I'm like, if I have more than one drink, am I going to feel, am I going to be an alcoholic like my grandpa? So, I mean, the worry and the fear there, because I do have also have an addictive personality. So I completely can relate to all of that and that sensation and that feeling. And I'm so freaking proud of you for like recognizing that. And you were like so boisterous about it, which is great too. Cause it really inspires, I think other women and other people who are like, you know what, I have a problem and I don't want to do. And then they see you who's got this successful career and you've got kids and, you know, a successful relationship right now. And just like, you know, those things are important to people too. And I feel like a lot of times when people have addictive personalities, they're suppressing because they don't feel loved or they don't feel this, or they're trying to fill up a void or whatever it is. Um, so you are definitely inspiring for that. And I'm so grateful you're, you're so willing to discuss a little bit more about that part of your story. Absolutely. Um, but I, so when we were talking a little bit beforehand, you had, um, you know, when you were talking about your life, you're like, Oh, I've like, I co-parent amazing. I've got an amazing ex-husband and I've got three boys and I've got this amazing relationship. Like you and I were talking to it's like, I feel like everybody and their mother is getting a divorce right now. So I'm like, what's going on here? What is like, is it just our, it's just the genre of age that we're in that people are now starting to outgrow each other. But 
that's pretty remarkable that you and your ex-husband can have a really positive relationship and co-parent. Like, how do you guys do that? It's, it's the easiest way to explain it is I have a thing for nice guys. No, um, (laughs) but really though, my ex-husband's a just really good guy. Um, we, we didn't have that divorce where it was like, Oh, I can't stand you. Or like there was some kind of adultery or something. It was clearly like me and you were talking about earlier. Like we shed this layer of ourselves, and I was just a different person and not in a negative way. I just felt like I grew and we didn't grow together. And you hear that a lot, but it's so true. We have this relationship as parents and that's how we bonded. That's how we, all of our loving memories of each other together as a couple and with our kids, which is so important. But as soon as I went from, um, stay at home mom to career mom with kids still, it, it just created this kind of friction between us. And I felt like I was changing and he wasn't really with the change. And, you know, quite honestly, you start to realize that your personalities are quite different when you don't have three little babies running around. You, re- I mean, he's just a very much an introvert and I'm very much an extrovert. And it worked when we were parenting. But as soon as I got into like this career role and I wanted to get out there, I felt like I was kind of dragging him to be the person he wasn't. And I wanted him to be happy. Of and I think course. that's why we co-parent so well is we want each other to be happy, truly. Um, and it's still that way. And we, we just want the best for our kids. It's, that's just our driving force. And he is a wonderful dad. And thank goodness. My boyfriend is also a very sweet, loving person because they don't have these huge egos that sometimes could clash with guys. Oh, for sure. He's the new guy and he's the dad. And is he going to get upset that, you know, stepdad is parenting? No way. Like, I'm like knock on wood, so happy and relieved. They don't have huge egos and we all just kind of co-parent very well together. That's inc- you know? That is incredible. What was like, what was life after being divorced and having to go date and all that stuff again? <laughs> <laughs> That's the part that would scare me the most. Like, is someone oh going to see this body again? Like, I don't know Girl, if that can happen. It, it's like, it's everything. And I had this concept of like, am I, I'm going to be this mom of three out there dating and as crazy as it sounds but I have a business where I'm out there in the public a lot and I'm sitting there like what am I going to go on a dating app like this is just they're going to be like what are you doing <laughs> it's just it's it's just crazy the whole concept and then your children and people want more kids I'm like no I don't want more kids um it was really uncomfortable like thinking of dating and um I was definitely I was actually ready when I got divorced. Um, as you probably hear from some of your friends, I get divorced. It's over a lot, lot earlier than you actually get the divorce and we'd grown apart. So I was ready to find the person to do life with. And I had changed and moved on to the type of life I wanted. And I was lucky enough. I just kind of stumbled upon (laughs) my boyfriend and it just worked, but there was a lot of, um, you know, issues that we had to get through. He doesn't have children, never wanted children. And here he is meeting a woman that has three little boys, you know, but, um, like they say, love conquers all. And, um, you, sometimes you, you cannot plan your life out. Sometimes you think that you have this life that you're going to have. And I thought I was going to be married, three children, stay at home mom. Here I am, entrepreneur, three kids, divorced. And 
he thought he was never going to have children, but he is like such a pro at stepdadding. Oh, I love that. So, that gives, I'm I think just, that gives a lot of women hope listening to that story, especially absolutely. those who are just recently divorced and have kids and are like, yeah. how you gotta find your happiness. You cannot settle. You have to find your happiness. Your kids live through your happiness. You have to do it. Oh, I love that. Well, that is just like, so great to hear. I think like women who go through divorce, I think like some of the stories that I've been hearing just from my friends, it's such a horrendous experience. And then like the idea of thinking, okay, I need to start thinking of myself. I need to be happy. I think can be a real challenge, especially for moms going through divorce that have kids and that have all this guilt and, you know, and they're all this worry and, you know, thinking like, okay, I need to put myself out there so I can be happy. I just think like a lot of women tend to be torn with like, no, I need to be home with my kids and be the stability through this divorce for them rather than going out and having fun and going on dates and whatnot. So it's just a inspiring thing to hear that when you do focus on yourself and you are happy, it does trickle down to the kids and you want to attract someone that is happy and awesome too. Like you have to be your best self in order to attract someone who's going to be amazing. So I love that. Um, okay. I definitely want to like shift gears over and let's like get really into like some fitness talk. Um, cardio versus weight, weightlifting. I feel like that is kind of like a controversial thing. A lot of times, you know, friends of mine are like, Oh, I don't lift weights because I don't want to get bulky or, you know, I'm a, I do cardio, I do running and spinning and da, 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 da. Um, I would love to hear your take as a fitness professional, like the benefits of weightlifting or the myths of cardio and just kind of take it on from there. I'm curious for my own personal experience with this too. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Oh yeah. This is such a hot topic. Um, honestly, why choose one We can, you can do both. Let's do both. Um, so as far as let's start with the first myth that you're going to get bulky when you weightlift. So you can check out my Instagram, see all my photos I mean, honestly, I lift about 25 pounds with my biceps and my biceps are not huge. It is such a myth that if you pick a big weight, you're going to get big and bulky. It is not true. Uh, the women that you're thinking about are usually in, uh, either misproportional, like they're working too much upper body, not enough lower body. So they don't have that figure. It's called it's balance. That's like the biggest thing is trying to create balance with your body. You want some shoulders. You want that Coke bottle figure mm -hmm. so it's balanced that you're seeing um that they they are misproportional or quite honestly they're on steroids so yeah. that is such a myth you have to lift weights um most of the time the older we get the reason why it's so important to lift weights is because the older we get our body wants to dump our muscle wants to get rid of it and the reason why we want to keep our muscle is because the first thing we think of is let's do cardio. I have cellulite. I have fat. My body's not firm. I need to, I need to get rid of this fat. And unfortunately you need to fill up your body with more muscle tone. And in order to create more muscle tone, you got to lift weights. You got to be doing lunges, squats, using dumbbells. And the bigger benefit of that is two things. Your body's going to get firm. You're going to create more lean muscle, which creates higher metabolism, which means at rest, you're burning 
optimal, way more calories than you would just doing cardio alone. And this, the third part of that is it honestly is a fountain of youth. When you look at a woman's body in her fifties and she has great muscle tone, she looks like she's 30 years old and it's because she, she works her muscles. You got to work your muscles. Don't be afraid of the weights. Now, as far as cardio, cardio is absolutely wonderful. But like I said, I think if you can get a balance of both or work out like I do, I do them both at the same time. I keep my heart rate up with that, with my weight training. And that way it's a super efficient workout. It's fast, quick. It's an, it's a little intense, but it's fast, quick. I get it all done at once. Um, but I agree with you. A lot of women think that, you know, when you have weight and the biggest problem for women, honestly, is they want muscle tone and they want to get rid of cellulite that we tend to get when we get older, but it's just because their body's losing muscle and they need to actually do a lot more weightlifting than they do cardio. I love that. And like how long, so like how long do you spend working out or lifting weights? Like, are you spending like 20, 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day, five times a week? Like what's kind of like the, the secret sauce to the timing on all of that? Well, most of my clients are moms. I try to create very efficient workouts because we are super busy. All of my programs, I um, create a program that's about 45 minute workouts, four days a week if you can. And like I said, you're getting your cardio at the same time. So, and it's total body. That's the biggest thing I always preach to these moms because you don't have time to do arms one day, cardio one day, legs. Guess what? Your kid's sick, can't go to the gym. Guess what? You didn't get your leg workout that week. I don't think so. We're doing total body. We're doing a ton of abs, a ton of booty because that's every woman's problem. Oh my gosh. I was like, like, I want to sign up. That's what I want to (laughs) do. Exactly. I hammer the booty so much because everyone complains about the back of their legs. Their cellulite. Everyone has it. I have it. Mm -hmm. I have cellulite. Put it on record. Everyone has it. Okay. (laughs) Don't let Instagram fool you. You have to work that butt muscle and your hamstring to make it firm in order to get rid of that cellulite. Is it going to be gone forever? Absolutely not. It's not. But you could do a thousand times better by working that muscle. But honestly, I just think that doing total body is just the way to go. You're going to just get your abs and your arms and your legs, everything all at once, and you're done. So to answer the question, again, for me, I find it more efficient to do three to four workouts a week when I'm incorporating my weights and my cardio at the same time. I love that. And so how, okay, so my main thing, I know you and I were chatting about this before too, but it's like my body is so sensitive to working out. Like I get adrenal fatigue really easily. So I have to make sure like I'm fueling my body to be able to support these type of workouts. So what is like your, um, what, what's your fuel? Like, what do you do to get your body to be able to support those types of workouts? And cause I mean, your body looks amazing. You're super fit. Like you're very muscular and trim. So like, what is your kind of, um, and maybe it's direction that you typically give to your clients or what you do personally, but fueling, I feel like is such an important topic when it comes to fitness. Absolutely. We know that nutrition is like such a big part of trying to stay fit and get to your goals. So I preach balance a lot. Um, I do not think you should ever take out food groups unless it is something that is creating a disruption in your digestive system, which does happen a lot, especially as we age. It has happened to me. Um, I personally am gluten free um, just because of that reason, but 
confidence is so important. So many women, nine times out of 10, are not eating enough, quite honestly. And they're eating the wrong things, you know? It's not just about carbs. It's about the right carbs. They're so afraid of carbs. I don't know how many clients are so afraid to eat carbs. It's so true. If I showed you how many carbs I ate a day, and I know that my body takes a lot because I'm burning a lot of calories, um, but quite honestly, just reach for those whole foods and try to make it at least 70% of your diet. Get that water in and just eat whole foods. That's like the biggest thing I could say. Um, And try to create balance. Like, are you never going to eat a piece of pizza or a cookie? Absolutely not. I eat both. But it's about balancing. Like I said earlier in our conversation, it is the hardest thing to teach people. But if you can balance everything, you could. You don't have to pick a diet. You don't have to do keto. You don't have to do paleo. You just eat balanced. That's it. I love that. <laughs> well, and that's just, it's, it really is that simple. I think that our society has just gosh, made the whole like diet scene such this complex situation that people don't realize you just have to be intuitive and go back to eating and realizing like, okay, how did my body respond to that? Like, you know, if I'm eating dairy and I notice I'm breaking out with acne every time I eat dairy, well, maybe your body doesn't do well with dairy and should take that out. Or, you know, I, like I was talking to a friend of mine who, I mean, she's a fitness fanatic too, but she's like, I eat gluten. I have no problems with gluten. And she's like, in fact, I have, she'll eat like a sandwich. She's like, I eat a sandwich with whole grain bread and I have no issues with it. She's like, I, you know, I definitely carb up on the days and I know I'm working out heavier, but she's like, we can't be afraid of eating the things that are whole foods again, or, or God forbid, if one other person tells me they're not going to eat an apple because it's too much sugar. (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? Or where they're like, a cup of strawberries is the same as a cup of sugar. Like it's this, your body processes it the exact same way. I'm like, no, my friend, that's not how that works. But yes, there's a lot of myths out there. So clarifying all of that, especially when you're working out four or five days a week, it's probably important to consume more calories and to be eating more food to help support that. So um, do you offer those types of direction and training when it comes to food when you do these online training programs? Absolutely. It has to be part of a training regimen. Um, Most of the time, they just don't know what to eat and how much to eat. And like I said, they're probably not eating enough. And one of the first things they say when I I create meal plans for them um, and recipes and they're like, this is a lot of food. I feel really guilty eating this. And it's like, it's just because it's it's very nutrient-dense food. There's a big difference between eating sweet potatoes and rice and vegetables and proteins and eating something like a piece of pizza. It's not that filling. So when you eat something that's more nutrient-dense and whole foods, they're just amazed by how full they are. <laughs> I'm like, this is what you should be eating. <laughs> exactly. Is there like a transition space when they do and when they first start eating more of those foods, like the first couple weeks, or are they going to feel a little bit heavier or feel like, um, like what's kind of the emotional response back from the client when they start to incorporate more foods back into their diet? Honestly, they're surprised at how, how, um, delicious healthy food is it's I try to stress them it's like it's not about eating plain broccoli and rice and brown rice are you kidding me you think I'd still be eating that by now I don't think so <laughs> like a prep diet when I did the bikini competition yeah. I don't think so no it's spices it's 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 
It's making it taste good and something that your kids will want to dive into as well. I try to make it super family friendly so that they're not having to have their separate food from their family. And it's not boring because if it's boring, no one wants to stick to it. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so we're going to shift gears again. I usually like to play like a little game with my guest on the podcast called 20 Questions. So I figure this is a good time to just shift gears and get into your life even more and get to know you a little bit more. So I'm just going to shoot off a bunch of questions. Just answer them as they go. Uh, Don't think twice about it. (laughs) Okay. Are you a coffee or a black tea drinker? Coffee. Coffee. How do you take your coffee? I put coconut milk in it and I usually like it hot. Yes. I'm like a huge coconut milk fan too. Um, (laughs) this funny question. What kind of workouts do you do? Hmm. (laughs) I definitely like weight training, hit training. Love it. And, um, what's your favorite food? Ooh, currently, um, I like gluten-free cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it's the cheat food that I want to talk about. I freeze gluten-free cookies in the freezer in I, like I said, I'm not good at discipline, just like everyone else. Yeah. So I freeze them, and I'm I'm allowed to eat two every week. And that's <laughs> <laughs> I still have fun in my foods, I promise. I'm not eating like a bird. But um, that's like my treat to like keep myself sane, but also not eat a whole dozen cookies. So. Yes, I love that. Um, what's your favorite thing to do during downtime? Um, right now I really enjoy going on walks with the kids. Um, that's our only time to get out. So we have three giant Rhodesian Ridgebacks. So we take them on walks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's like the Brady Bunch. You like six kids. He he had his three dogs and I had my three kids. It was literally like the Brady Bunch. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome. What is like your go-to show or series that you're watching right now? Um, we just finished The Outsider. It was on HBO. Um, but I have to say, um, I am using Big Little Lies to get me through spin. I set up my spin bike with a trainer. And the only thing, because I'm, I'm not... I'm not a fan of cardio. <laughs> I have to admit it. Like just straight cardio. So I set it up and I'm watching Big Little Lies and it's super fun to watch. It's pretty interesting. I know. I love Big Little Lies. They like that whole women cast is like phenomenal. And Reese Witherspoon <laughs> is kind of amazing. Um, what is your biggest fear? Oh gosh. It's always losing loved ones. It's like that you know, they go off in the car and you're just like, oh, what if that's the last time? I have this weird thing in my head where I, I, I play that back in my head and it's awful to think about. But that is my absolute worst fear is to not be able to say goodbye to someone. Yeah. Oh, that one's intense. Okay. Yeah, right? I don't want to think, <laughs> we're think gonna, about it. We're going to go super green juice on this one. Um, so if you had a bakery, what would you call it? Just go quick. What do you call it? AK Sweet Treats. AK Sweet Treats. That's awesome. I like that name. What's um? What is your go-to skincare regimen? Mm. You've got right great now, skin. So when it comes to topical stuff, <laughs> you can name both. I, 
I use um, Kiehl's hydrating um, gel, and they have an oil I use. It's a nighttime oil. Um, but I'm a big fan of more permanent stuff like Botox. Yes. So, and I'm very open about that if people ask me questions, um, definitely. You're going to have Botox. to listen to the podcast episode. It was my first one called Boobs and Botox. Oh. Oh, I go into like very descriptive about things in that episode that I was very scared to get that episode out to because I'm like oh my gosh people are gonna judge me but I'm like you know what we need to feel good in our bodies and if I want to Botox the wrinkles on my forehead or I want to go get some boobs because I nursed my kids for four years I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want to I don't care if I'm a yoga teacher or not I think it's so important to be open and honest about that in the Instagram era people looking and you're so beautiful it's like girl I'm 36. Yeah. I have three kids. There's stuff going on here. <laughs> yeah. like, I want to be honest, you know, yes. because it's 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 just smoking pears. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> well, I love your honesty, and it makes me feel really good about my stuff too. So, oh. um, what is your mo- what is the most memorable moment in your life? Memorable moment. This is hard. I'm so sorry. I, I mean, I would have to say, as cheesy as it sounds, is when you become a mom for the of first course. time. Of course. And I did it at kind of a young age, at 25, and I was a single mom. So it was very scary, but also just very overwhelmingly amazing. I love that. Yeah. I have to agree with you on that one, too. What um, Are you a mountain girl or an ocean girl? Can I be both? Absolutely. It's probably why you live in California. You get a little, you get both worlds. All my California guests are like, I'm both. I'm like, please, because you live there. It's amazing. Well, I grew up in Northern California. Oh, so, I mean, I hate Northern. to say I'm spoiled, but I kind of was like the ocean's right there. Yes. Um, it's a little different than the ocean I have now. Of it's course. like warm weather. But, I mean, I'm all about adventures. I think there's a reason why I have little boys. I want to go fishing. Mm-hmm. I want to go hiking. So I'm definitely a mountain girl. I was just so spoiled. I was right next to the ocean. So I'm never the girl going, oh, I have to go to the ocean. But yes. I definitely love the beach. Oh, my gosh. I, I have to say I'm the same, too. But when I, my go-to, though, like if I need grounding and, like, relaxation and peace, like I have to go to the mountains. I'm like, it's so quiet. And it's beautiful, and I'm close to the stars. But then you've got your ocean time, too. You're like, I want to put my feet in the sand and Mm -hmm. chill the F out a little bit. Um, If I were to open your bedside table, what would I find? If I were to open that drawer, what would I find in there? I have about, like, five different chapsticks. (laughs) Um, Probably some um, chores money. I keep my kids' dollars in there. So when they do chores, I I pay them only $2 a week. So I I want them to understand the concept of working. I love that. Um, I think that's about it. Lotions for hand. Oh, oh, I have a sleep mask. I'm such a diva when I sleep. (laughs) I'm a diva about two things. Food. (laughs) Because I'm just so, such a diva about food, yep. but of sleeping. I wear a sleep mask every single night. I love that. Even when I don't need it, I just love it. It's so <laughs> relaxing. That's perfect. That's your little ritual. I love that. Um, what's your self, what do you do for self-care? Um, I definitely am. I like to get my hair and my nails done. and I, I love doing my makeup. 
Um, I don't feel like it's one of those things where like, I can't go out in my makeup. It's like, I just love it. It's fun to me. I'm just such a little girl like that. I'm not super girly, but when it comes to makeup, I love it. It just gets excited. Your makeup was always spot on. You should do like a makeup tutorial. I should. We would all love to learn from you on that. Your makeup is always spot on, sister. Thank you. What is one thing people don't know about you? I am afraid of mustard. Oh. <laughs> you never thought you'd hear that, huh? No. I don't even know how to react I know, to I know. it. Not everyone's going to tease me about it. God, you should not have said that. People are going to mess with you. They're going to send me a mustard. You're I like, don't... just kidding. I'm scared of spiders. It used to be like all condiments. This is probably a whole other podcast you could do on this. It used to be all condiments. I was afraid to have anything like I didn't know on my plate, but as I grew older, I decided to taste things and I still have not gotten a mustard and it just scares me if it's on something, I can't touch it. I'm not going to like scream if it's like on something, but like, if you're like this with like a mustard bottle, I'm like, Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. You're like, you're going to get whooped if you touch me with that bottle. Um, do you, so do you have any tattoos and what? Oh gosh. Are you kidding me? I know. <laughs> I was like seeing that question. I'm like, she totally has a done a tattoo. I think I got them all. Of, I have. I'm finally getting rid of my wedding ring. Aww. Funny story. Yeah. Me and my ex are going to the same place to no get it way. lasered off, and they're like, "What? You guys are like friendly? Like <laughs> that's so awesome." But yeah, I think I got about ten or twelve, and um, when I got sober, I started getting tattoos. I needed something crazy to do, so um, you know, some of them mean stuff, some of them don't. I love so. it. I'm a tattoo chick, too. I've got, like, seven of them. Um, What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Libra. A Libra. I so love that. So socialist they come. <gasps> Do you know what your moon sign is? Or your rising sign? I've never sign? even heard of that. Like, your birth chart? We may have to do your birth chart. I think I need that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Your birth charts tell you so much about yourself. It's crazy. Like, it breaks it down to, like, relationships, how you communicate, Yes. We, wow. I and, think I need that. And your sun sign, so you are Libra, that's just kind of like your most powerful part of your personality. And your moon sign's like your emotional, internal, like feminine side. And then your yeah, rising Lena. rising Go sign ahead. is what everyone in the universe kind of sees you as. Oh, I bet wow. you have some Leo in you. Leo are fiery and they're usually really, really beautiful. And they typically are like fitness people. They like to That's like out. the way I describe my personality is like spicy. Spicy. We're going to have to do your birth chart off, off podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Figure what you are. Um, what is your, what's your favorite movie? Oh gosh. Hmm. I'm not a big movie person. Oh. I know, as weird as that sounds, I really am not. Um, I have major ADD and I can't sit still. So um, I usually do better with sitcoms and such, but I'm definitely like a, a raunchy comedy girl, like yes. super funny or super scary. Oh my gosh. I love that. I can see you definitely a, a, attracting those types of movies. <laughs> what is the most embarrassing or weirdest thing you've ever done on a date? Hmm. I feel like it's been so long since I dated. Um, I 
kind of like purposely put myself out there almost in a bad light because it's like I want them to understand like this is all me like I'm a brat I'm spicy like I'm not just like this sweet girl like oh I want to take her I'm like oh no you don't you don't want this <laughs> so it's almost like I like try to I just try to scare them off before yeah. and then if they could hang in they're like okay you know I love that um what's your like favorite athletic brand or athletic wear um right now I really like Lanston Sport um their clothes are really comfortable and so are um Varley they're very soft feel um it's funny because I really only wear the matching stuff when I either go to spin or I'm doing a photo shoot my weightlifting stuff like I'm like in jogger, like it's not cute. It's just like function, you know, but I really love, uh, Varley. Um, what was the other brand? You said Lancaster? Lanston Sport. They're really nice. Um, they just have really cute prints and very quality clothes. I'm going to have to check them out. I'm always looking. Oh, another one. Elisabetta Orogiani. I've never heard of these brands. I'm going to have to go check them out. Yes. Okay. Elisabetta Orogiani is the best because she can like custom. You'll give her, you'll give her her. She's this amazing, very eccentric, amazing person. She's an Italian designer and she will put together an outfit and custom do it for you. And, um, all the women that are on like these shape magazines, oxygen magazines are all wearing her clothes. So. Oh my gosh. I love it. I'm going to look these people up. Okay, last question. What is your mantra? Balance. I love it. And um, honestly, it's because it's so hard for me. <laughs> it's so hard for you to balance anything, food, exercise, like it's just everything. And I think it's so important to try to find balance in everything, work life, family life. Um, not be so hard on yourself too. Oh gosh, women are so hard on themselves. No, we do that to ourselves. Everything's got to be perfect or, you know, just... You're always in this thing that you have to do something more, something better. I feel like I tell myself that. Well, and I honestly, that's like the one I think positive of this whole situation that we're in right now as a global community with being quarantined from COVID-19 is that we are learning to slow down and that we needed this time to balance out probably our entire life because we are just constantly like, go, 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 and never going to stop. And we're not allowed to cry. And we're not allowed to, we're supposed to be tired or we're not working hard enough. You know, I think that all of those things are coming to light saying like, you know what, we are supposed to slow down and we're being forced to do it now. So balance is key, my friend. I love that. Well, honey, I am so grateful for you and coming on on this podcast and sharing your story with us. I think you're an incredible woman and I you've been inspiring to be, been such an inspiration to me for years and years and years. I'm just so grateful I got to actually sit and talk with you and get to know you a little bit but more. Um, before we end though, I want people to know how they can find you, what your offerings are, what's your next project you're working on. So we can. So right now, currently, um, I'm all online. Um, I offer my clients, and I actually have a community on Facebook. And um, I write their workouts every single week. They're brand new, just like the workouts I was explaining to you. They're weights, cardio, all in one. Um, 
but I write up all their workouts. They're brand new every week. So they're not bored. Cause that's the worst thing you could do is get bored in your nutrition and your workouts. So, um, I write up their workouts and their nutrition and we just kind of cheer each other on in the group and keep each other motivated, especially at this time. It's super hard, um, to keep yourselves motivated. Um, and we just keep each other happy through this whole process. So right now I am, um, offering the online, um, training group. It's called get fit with Ashley program. And, um, you can go to my Instagram and actually click my links and join there or just send me a message and talk with me. I'm very, uh, quick to reply. And I actually hop on calls with anyone that messages me and just wants to kind of find out, like, I always want to find a good fit for you. So if that doesn't work for you, like I have one-on-one, um, accountability coaching as well. And I am more than willing to get on the phone and talk to people and hear what will work best for you. I love that. And y'all, you should see her before and afters too with her clients. Like she really does know what she's talking about and know what she's doing. And your testimonies from your clients are just so awesome. And I feel like people are seeing results. They feel really good. So if you guys are wanting to change your bodies and change how you feel about yourself, this is totally your girl. Um, well, honey, thanks so much for being on. I'm so grateful. You guys be sure to check out Ashley King. I will, I will link all of her social media accounts, her website on this podcast. And again, if you liked and listened and enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful for a review. Um, and thanks again for listening to Green Juice and Tequila.